Welcome back to Class Holes with me, Preston, joining me again. It's my co-host, co-teacher. What would you prefer? Oh, um, I was going to say co-counsel. Um, <laughs> okay, co- well, co-conspirator. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pair teaching, aren't we? Yeah, or team teaching. It's, it's Lucy yeah, Murray. Yeah, team teaching. Yes, it is. Hi. She's back. So, Can't get rid um, of me. Last week, we unveiled to the nation, Lucy, a, a, a yes. brand new podcast because, frankly, there aren't enough of them in these times. No. We've discussed uh, this. Everyone knows. Everyone's well aware. I'm an ex-English teacher. You're an ex-maths teacher. Yes. And we're here to teach you the things you didn't learn in school. I think what we should be clear about as well is the things that we're going to teach, mm. we are not necessarily in any way qualified to teach. I wish you hadn't said that, if I'm being honest, because I think that, I think that makes the whole enterprise illegitimate. Just because we're not qualified doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, lots of knowledge to impart. Well, that, that's the British school system all over. They might as well put that on the poster. Right, anyway, Can't do teach. what are we teaching today then? So today we're going to be teaching jury duty and the great British enterprise that is queuing. So we've got the big guns for episode two. Yeah, exactly. We're Perfect, going. Let the lessons commence. Lesson one is jury duty then. Yes. So you're it's the a, expert in this field. Well, I mean, I've, I've done <laughs> jury duty. <laughs> I think if, if we're using that definition you used at the starter, uh, which is I, I've done something, so therefore must be able to, to speak at length about it in a way um yeah I I have done jury duty before presumably you haven't then I haven't although I was talking to Harry about this before we came on and as I mentioned last time his mum's a barrister and he always reminds me that if he ever got called up for jury duty he probably would not be able to take part because it would be in Cardiff well because um he'd likely know the barristers involved and if you know them you can't take part does that mean barristers are exempt from jury duty then? Yes. Wow, that is a lesson. I didn't know that. So, so let me teach you more about jury duty. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, it's your civic duty, isn't it, as, as a British person? It's, uh, I feel like I really wish I had been called up for jury duty. Do you think you'd be a good juror? I don't know. I was watching Quiz. Sorry, this Brilliant. is off topic, but standard. Um, yeah, really good TV show. You've seen it. Yeah, I didn't like it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it oh. got going until the third episode. I really, really liked it. Sure. And as I was watching it, I imagined myself as a juror. In really? Place. Yeah. So and for it, anyone who doesn't know, Quiz was a dramatisation of, of what was a crime about you know, 20 years ago. Alleged crime. Oh, well, no, he, he got found guilty. So it's a crime. The they found got guilty, found they? guilty. They did. They, sorry for anyone who <laughs> sorry for spoiling who wants to be a millionaire from 19, from 19 years ago yeah 
Yeah. But that's what I don't know. I'm just saying that from the evidence presented, I don't think if I was on that jury, I would have been able to convict. Well, this is the interesting thing, and this is what we should say about jury duty, is that so it's a, you know, it's a civic duty, and if you're on the electoral roll, you you, you that's how you can be pulled out uh, like a lottery. Uh, and if you get if you get um seconded to uh to ju- to a jury pool then you go into another lottery and you may well be selected you don't necessarily uh stand when you get pulled for jury duty sometimes you might just be sitting about for a couple of weeks in like a glorified mm-hmm. coffee shop um but you uh, you you can get pulled and you can get pulled multiple times so when i got called for jury duty i served on two juries um one of them was for the assault of a police officer and one of them was for like a break-in or something like that. Mm. Um, both of them like fine. Like it was, it was, it was really interesting from that kind of from a sociological perspective because it's like being in a kind of crime drama, even yeah. though it wasn't like a high-stakes crime drama. It was still interesting to be part of that. Um, but what you said then is that if you're in jury duty, the lesson is you can't just convict on a whim. You can only convict if the prosecution has said that they're guilty beyond reasonable doubt so you're saying in the ingram case you felt like there was reasonable doubt yeah i think so i can't convict at that point i couldn't because i just i'm not entirely sure but the fact that like (laughs) there were the nine coughs or something that had to do with the correct answers that they were pointing to but 192 coughs in general and some of them were on incorrect answers and then there's the fact that there's like 22 minutes in the middle where he goes from what, like mid amount of money to a whole load amount of money. And it, you're supposed to believe that he can't get the top ones, but he can get that whole 22 minutes worth of questions. So, so you don't really want to be a jury. You want to be a defence lawyer at this point is what you're saying. Because <laughs> so. you are arguing more passionately for his innocence than he did. <laughs> I don't know. They're still arguing now. Yeah, they're still saying now. Because you were, you were frauded recently, weren't you? So <laughs> yeah, I was you're not frauded. trying to you're not trying to recoup some losses or anything, are you? No, I'm not. But also, yeah. there's the fact that I because you would have been about ten, I think, when that when that episode yeah. played. Yeah, I do. Actually, that was a big week, though, wasn't it? That was two thousand and one. Yeah, like the the day before nine eleven. I know. That was Massive. a big week for news. Big, big week for news. <laughs> big week for news. But I actually, 9 11 horrible. I remember well, 9-11 was horrible. Yes, I yeah, agree. I know, but I remember coming home from school and like hearing pe- hearing the mums talk about it in the school, uh, you know, schoolyard bit. And yeah. I was like, I didn't even know really what New York was at that age. Yeah. Know, primary school, yeah. you're like, I have no idea. And then I just come home to see it on the telly and my dad being like, look at this. It's crazy. That's the first news memory I think I've I've got. Actually, no, mm. I would say no. Princess Diana's death, I think, would probably be the first one. Oh yeah, but no, that's true. I remember. I can remember nine eleven like very vividly. But I can also mm. remember the Ingram cough thing very vividly as well. That can was you? a big week for you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we forget I that remember... Millionaire was like event TV back then. Yeah, I think that was an episode I missed. Hmm. What I did find interesting about quiz, sorry, I realised that we're supposed to be talking about jury duty and instead we're just discussing... So far we've gone from millionaire to (laughs) 9-11.
um, what I did think was interesting on quiz as well was that they were saying that basically that they all talked to each other and that's how they got on. So it ended up just being like a hundred percent middle class white people yeah. on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It's like, what other programs is that happening on? Well, jury certainly not. They don't allow that. You have to be a bit. You know, you need a bit of everything, don't they? And in, in the yes. juries to try and keep them impartial. I made it onto two. As I said, I was the foreman on the second case. And how did it's you become the foreman? Do you like give your qualifications? It was and... like an electoral campaign. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like going for prime minister. I mean, basically, all I did was guarantee the NHS 350 million if they backed me. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, I went one further. Every day out of yeah. my own pocket. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't actually know. I think some bloke just put me forward for it. And the next minute, I was the foreman. And I was oh, like, wow. fine. It was the second case. The first case was, was fairly intense. The, 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 the most intense part is that you're supposed to be sat there and you know, you're supposed to be taking notes and things as, as you go. And then afterwards, they put you in this room and they literally seal you off. So you can't have your phone. They put you, you know, um, you have to buzz to get out and things and the clerk of the court and everything. Um, do they give you food? Called. Or do you have to buy food? They do. They give you these little vouchers. And then you can go and get like, but it's all very like monopoly money. You know, like, like oh, you know, you've got like a fiver a day, but then you realise that like a Mars bar is like 280 or something like that. Uh, it's, yeah. It is literally like being in its own like republic, republic of justice. <laughs> and you get chucked in this place and, and you know, the foreman in the first, um, and the first case took it very seriously. And there became this huge clash of personalities in there, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, that case got chucked out. But in the second case, you know, like the court, everyone's wearing their wig and their, their gowns and stuff. It's yeah. very very stoic in there i had to constantly kick myself in the shin to not laugh in the second case because the guy that was up he was um he was accused of breaking and entering like it was like burglary of a domicile or something like that mm. and you know at the beginning they're not allowed to tell you their criminal record because it could bias the jury mm -hmm. in this case the prosecution got up and was like look we don't usually do this we have to tell you, this man is 28 years old and he's been convicted of this crime 64 times in the past. So, like, you know, you can just have that information. So all of us were sat there, like, guilty before we did anything. Yeah. And then the guy got up there. The exact reason like, why they're not supposed to tell you. Exactly. But, like, it got up. It was very clear at the beginning. Like, they had his fingerprints, ev like everything. You know, it, it was he was so obviously the culprit. And when he took the stand, he insisted against his defence lawyer's advice that he was going to take the stand. He got up, took the stand, took one question, and then he looked directly at the jury. And this is why every part of him was like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Because he looked and he went, do you know what? He went, I'll answer all these questions, but I want to speak to the jury. Looks at the jury and he says, I want to tell you now that my defence lawyer is a complete idiot. And I know I'm going down and I blame him. And at which point I was like, oh my Christ, I'm going to absolutely lose it. Did they have to recuse themselves, the defence lawyer? He, the the defence lawyer just sat there like, I just can't believe I'm having to sit through this. Like, at least I'm getting paid. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it was a couple of days and it was obvious. So we went off, had a chat and we're like, yeah, he's guilty. So I, we, we went back in and then they're like, right, is the four, foreman here? And I was like, yeah. And they said, right, have you found a verdict? And I said, yes. Then you have to stand up 
and um and so they said right uh, on the count of you know burglary of a domicile do you find guilty or not guilty and i said guilty and all of a sudden this blood curdling shriek came from the visitor's box and it was his missus and she was like like this and i like jumped because i was like what has gone on and we're all looking at each other my heart's beating anyway sat back down and the judge was like, you know what? We're going to sentence you right now. Like, you know, usually they bring you back. He was like, we're yeah. just going to get rid of you here. And he was like, right, are there any mitigating circumstances? Why, you know, why should we, is there anything that we should give leniency for? The defence lawyer gets up and says, I just wanted to say that my client, you know, he's been a faithful boyfriend, a faithful husband for the last 24 months. Um, you know, he's been a great dad and all this kind of stuff. Prosecution stands up and goes, to be fair, for 22 of those months, he was in jail. And the defence lawyer didn't even bother standing up. And every part of me was losing it in the box. Honestly, it was an incredible thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I loved it. I, I, you know, I not only am I very passionate about it anyway, because I think it is like your, you know, your duty to kind of, if you want to enjoy society, you need to be a part of it. But mm. it was so brilliant. That's really crazy to think that uh, younger than we are, you could have been convicted of burglary whatever, 64 times you just think like what wrong path what wrong decision led that person there so that's why education is that's why education is so important though isn't it are they we, yeah. we kind of have both been in the system where you see that it actively letting kids down mm. uh, and and although we're kind of you know looking at these things um about like things that you should learn but the fact is like not everyone is going to turn around and go right trig right english lit you know that, no exactly um, like i was i remember teaching the first time i was teaching first year i was given bottom set year nine last thing on a friday perfect maths that yeah. is as well yeah exactly so that is when even you don't want to do it yeah somebody's exactly. got a maths degree and it, essentially, the only reason why that would happen is, so I was, um, actually at that point, I was covering someone who was on stress leave, shock horror. Um, and it, it, the only reason that would happen is the timetabler is actively trying to get the teacher out of te- teaching. That's sabotage. That's pure that sabotage. Because you 100%. never do that kind of stuff. Exactly. That's just malicious. But yeah, I, so first year of teaching, proper green under the you know was it green under the gills Wet green under the gills yeah yeah all of that and um because that's what it is it, isn't it it's pgce gbg <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like that's they like were, an nqt stage they were fully like running on the tables chucking chairs like because they were yeah it was horrific and we're gonna do times well, table today yeah we are we're gonna turn yeah. these timetables on you <laughs> Uh, yeah so that was that was pretty bad but definitely a more experienced teacher than I at that point would have been able to do something for them and help them but how old were they, they were pardon how old were they year nine so like 14 and how many years ago was this yeah I know don't do this because <laughs> so they're so they're all potential jurors is what my point is now oh, all yeah, of those no, people true. have gone out into the world and they can hold the fate 
of a human being in their hands because that's what you do when you're a juror you are literally holding the fate of someone in someone the rest of their lives well that's what i actually this is off topic again sorry i'm not doing very well at keeping on topic today i looked at one of the schools i used to teach at uh looked at their year 13 leavers yesterday and i was teaching those girls in year eight yeah and now they've gone off into the world to to judge to judge over potential criminals. To judge over potential criminals. Do you think that there should be a a test for potential jurors, or do you think it should be come one, come all? I think, seeing as you don't have a test for, well, I mean, you do, but like anyone could be in the justice system, so anyone should be a juror. Lesson two, obviously the one I'm more passionate about, cues. You are passionate about this, aren't you? You, you were somewhat <laughs> indifferent passionate. about the justice system, but the moment, <laughs> the moment we spoke about cues, you were like a... It was like, you had blo- it was like you had blood in your nostrils, yeah. Yeah. No, I do think that they are one of the most important things in our society. <laughs> in human civilization. I was talking again to Harry about this before, and he said that as a British person, you are intrinsically born with the ability to cue. Now, I don't know that that's true. From the experiences that, that I've had. I don't think that's true. I think that that's a, I think that's a very chocolate box image of a British person. Yeah. You know, like okay. it's, it's the kind of thing that you can imagine like Hugh Grant could cue. I think he'd be Hugh Grant a wonderful cueer. Hugh Grant knows cue. how to cue. Yeah. Haddington Bear. Yeah. Firth. Firth knows how to cue. Emma Thompson, she knows how to cue. Every day of the week. I Idris Elba, he Idris knows how to cue. cue. Idris Elba can cue. Definitely cue. Idris Elba can cue. You can 100% cue. David Attenborough. Yeah, like Jacob Rees-Mogg, I don't think he can cue. No, if he can cue, he's at the head of the queue and he's making money out of the queue. (laughs) He's privatised the queue. Charging tickets to the queue. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you can queue here, no problem, but like 10% of that will come to me. Yeah, exactly. And I I will, of course, be at the front of the queue. But I told you, me. so obviously in this time of COVID, um, I told you about my story of queuing in the supermarket the other day, didn't I? You told me off air. Yes. So yeah. um, off air. <laughs> we record now. Um, <laughs> so I was I'm, tr- to... I'm still trying to cling to some sense of professionalism. <laughs> Bear in mind that this is basically my job at the moment. Oh yeah, true. Sorry, I forgot. I don't want to belittle all your only... Not yeah, in my only outlet. Job. Yeah. There's um, no income. <laughs> well, I will pay you in Starburst. Are they still a thing? Uh, I think Opal Fruits are coming back. Are they? I will pay I you think. an Opal Fruit, but they can obviously only be accumulated and then I'll pay you after quarantine. The, uh, the thing is, if I ever need money, I'm just going to send you a text message and pretend to be Nat West. <laughs> I imagine I'll be like singing all the way to the bank. I imagine that I'll... All, all I need to do is throw a text to you and I'll appear on the Forbes list overnight. <laughs> It'll be like the dot-com bubble all over again. I mean, not quite. I'd have to have the amount... I'd have to be on the Forbes list myself for you to be able to... No, no, but I think me. it's because my, my network is so low at the moment. But just by, <laughs> by me acquiring any form of significant wealth, it's percentile I'm going for rather than okay. actual pounds. Fine, fine yeah. enough. So anyway, I was waiting outside a supermarket (laughs) and I was queuing and there's obviously the rule that you have to be two metres behind everyone, etc. 
And then behind, not behind me, but behind that person, I heard coughing. Was it like dry coughing? Yeah. So everyone was going, what is happening? Now, just to kind of zoom out for a second, I want to, I want to just take our time with this because you talked about it being intrinsic to the British. So someone, you heard a cough. Yeah. Yeah. And then did anyone, like, were people looking or was it very much like out the corner of their eye? Oh, yeah, it was out the corner of their eye. Because in America, you'd feel like guns would be going off at that point. <laughs> I, I was going to actively say that they are worried about this cough. Okay. Um, and then, so you were actively worried, though? I was actively worried about the cough, yeah. yeah. And then some time passes and I looked to my right and there's an old guy on a motorized suit, scooter, the culprit of the coughing, uh, still really? coughing, yeah, but quietly this time. And he was trying to move so slowly that no one could see him moving, but he was moving <laughs> up the queue and had like... Wait, so was it like a drive-by then? It was like a drive-by coughing? It was a drive-by, but he was trying to go so quick, slowly that we couldn't notice him moving. Like, I think in his mind... He was thinking, you know, the it's whole camouflage. like watching pay dry type yeah. thing. I don't know. I guess he thought like no one can see me mm. if I move this slowly. Was he almost doing it in time with, with your blinking? Like, you know, there's a blink. So then he's going like one centimetre at a time or something. Do you know what, mate? Just cue. So <laughs> the amount of effort that takes, just cue. He was moving so slowly that I wasn't aware he was moving. But I was aware that he was three people behind me, and now he was to the oh, side of me. And he was um, within two meters, so he obviously did not care. He was thinking, right, I'm going to use this two meters rule to my advantage. Because as he ends up over there, I'm going, right, well, I've got to go to, over to the left now because I've got to be two meters away from him, and I'm not going to fight him for my place in the queue because. I mean, even though he was an old guy in a motorized scooter, I don't he could know probably still have you. Yeah, exactly. And he'd, yeah. he'd cough, and I'd run away. Um, and he and is then, a bio, he's using biological warfare as well. <laughs> and then, so then the cube in front of me moves, but I was just like, well, I'm not going to now try and have like a, a one upmanship with him. I'm not going to walk forward and just stare him down. So I. He stayed exactly where he was. Is anyone and else I, like recognizing this at this point in the queue? Well, not just yet, but he stayed okay. exactly where he was. And then he starts. So I go, just go ahead. Like you clearly want to go ahead of me. So just go ahead. That's fine. So he then, like now he's ahead of me and he's in the queue. Did he at least flash you a thank you or is it he just. No, no, no acknowledgement that I existed. Wow. And then um, the woman behind me, was going like going oh yeah it's not like we all have places to be but talking to me in like a ha 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 type small manner. talk she was trying yeah, to initiate small talk she was trying to so then i just sort of went yeah you well, just turned around and said well my dog's got you know no i didn't dogs. do that this time oh, okay. i just sort of went oh well you know these things happen ha 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 um I, you know realistically i don't care that much uh, i do care that the sanctity of a queue has been broken but mm. I don't care about being that one person ahead. He continues then to go closer and closer at the guy in front of me. 
and the guy in front of me. So it wasn't they, even enough to go past you. He had to go. He had to go. And the guy in front of me was not giving in. And they were literally like within centimeters of each other at this point. And the guy in front is just looking at him. No words are said. Well, that's it. That, the, the cue brings out the passive aggressive tendencies. Yeah. Like you drive, don't you? Yeah. Like queuing whilst in a car because it gives <laughs> you that like level of like anonymity. You know, like if you're out and you're queuing and it's just you and you're just flesh and blood, but when you're surrounded by metal and like a steaming engine and you're maybe, that's, like, what, no... maybe that's what he had. He was just like people can't people, see. yeah. It was like Mad Max. I remember last year, back when we were allowed to like leave our bedrooms, uh <laughs> And the Avengers Endgame came out. Now, yeah. I was working in a school at the time, and um, I used to have to go and see those kind of films at midnight because I put a lot of time and effort into those movies, Lucy Murray. And the kids yeah. would come in and go, yeah, guess who's dead? And you'd be there like, please, <laughs> like, please, I've been watching this film for like 11 years and I can't do this. And the thing is, you can't then call a parent and be there like, yeah, well, the reason your kid sat in detention is because he told me Iron Man died. <laughs> Um, so I used to oh, it was a year old I'm not bothered um, so I used to go and see them at midnight which was a bit of a nightmare if the film like Endgame for example was three hours so yeah. the film would start at like half twelve after the adverts or whatever then three hours would go by then by the time I went to go and see it in the O2 in uh, Greenwich and so by the time you got out it was a nightmare I just went I basically went home showered and went to work and so it's one particular night, uh, my friend and I, we'd met at the O2, we parked in the little Cineworld car park, other car parks are available alongside cinema chains, and uh, got out and everyone had gone and seen this movie at midnight, like obviously oh. it was a huge release, and we queued for an hour and a half just to get the car park ticket stamped, it was like people, it, it was like Moses's exodus, winding out of the o2 i remember looking thinking i at, like at the time thinking i am definitely not even going to get half an hour's sleep like i'm go i'm going straight from here to work and like i'm like i could hear like bird song and like the sun just coming out like, ah, like this so I, I i finally got the, the the ticket stamped and i was i just ran to my car at which point realized that there was no longer a human queue there was a car queue yeah and the worst thing is is that passive aggressiveness that comes out in queues, everyone had converged at the one barrier and not one person was backing down. No. They were there like, no, there's no way that I'm letting you out. And you, we get like that, don't we? Like when you're in a yeah. queue in cars, you're like, I'm not letting you out. I'm not letting you out. You wouldn't let me out. And then all of a sudden, one person lurched forward, another person smashed into the back of them. And I was just watching a pile up in front of me because people wouldn't back out. Um, and that passive aggressiveness then, I, it, do you know what? I got home at, it must have been 6am or just after 6am, literally jumped in the shower, got back in, got back in the queue and went to work. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, a real, there's a passive aggressiveness to queuing. I once had a similar thing to that, that we went to the cinema and then came out and the cinema um, car park in Cardiff is the same as the one with like the event space. Sure. And um, we literally, 
there are windows that overlook from the cinema that you can see the event space. So as we were coming out, we were just looked across to the left and saw the flood of people coming out from a concert. So we were like, oh, no! and ran as quick as we could, got in our cars. And um, we weren't quick enough, had the same type of queue system as you, except the one benefit was that it was Katy Perry on that night. So <laughs> the whole parking place people had Katy Perry blaring from their speakers and their so windows at least you down. had that yeah <laughs> so you almost basically had a concert then is what you're essentially saying. yeah I mean I'm not the biggest fan of are you a fan of Perry or not really <laughs> she had one cracking album I think it was the Teenage Dream album I think she has she has catchy songs mm. she definitely has catchy songs but I wouldn't necessarily go oh I'm gonna sit down and listen to some music I'll pop Katy Perry on that the year that Teenage Dream album came out I was hosteling across America and this was pre it was probably maybe not pre Spotify or like Apple, it was definitely pre Apple music but like I didn't have my you know mobile connected to 3G or whatever at the time and I don't think I just I think I definitely didn't have a Spotify account so you actually like buy music you know off iTunes yeah. or whatever and I had a couple of these Katy Perry songs just stuck in my head, but where it becomes annoying. You know, like when you kind of almost have to listen to it just to appease your brain. If your brain's like, you haven't been listening to Teenage Dream or Firework recently. I could, what's that one? Last Friday night? Come on, let's get that on. Let's get that going. <laughs> so I'm sat there thinking oh, about it. So my friend and I got to uh, a hostel in Utah and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to download this album. I'm going to actually have to pay money because I, I need to listen to Katy Perry. Like every fibre of my being needs it at this point. I was beginning to feel a bit like a plastic bag caught in the wind. Oh, uh, really? Need, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I, I I've always it. wondered if anyone felt like that. I felt like it in, in, in oh, summer 2011. And, you know, I just, I needed to know, I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, yeah, but whatever, whatever the lyrics were, I needed that affirmation. You know, um, and only Perry could really administer it at that time. So I download. Well, I tried to download it, and it wiped out the hostel internet because it was like a really independent couple of rooms. And I, the Wi-Fi had knocked out like two songs in, and my mate was like, "Oh, the Wi-Fi's gone," and all we heard was this knock. It was like a, yeah. And, and people just going, like, people were going mad in the corridor. This Wi-Fi had been knocked out. And the guy was like, yeah, there's been a surge. There's been a surge. And there was me just listening to, the, like, half of, that's Friday night. <laughs> so, yeah, Perry. So, going back to queues. Yeah. Again, moral of the story is, be nice in a queue and don't jump. Just wait your turn. Yeah. And if you're in a car queue... Try and be the nice person that lets someone out because then everyone gets home quicker. We made it to the plenary, Luce. Episode two, plenary. Again. Can't believe it. So <laughs> How did I we think do it? Comprehensive guides on jury duty and uh, uh, queuing. We definitely did talk about both of them at times. Unfortunately, we put 9-11 and Katy Perry's <laughs> seminal Teenage Dream album to bed as well. You know, Ingram's going to be annoyed when he hears this back as well. Well, actually, no, he won't be because he's got a patron in you, hasn't he? 
Yeah, exactly. And he'll be very happy to hear. He'll be, he'll be happy him. to hear that his obvious lies were swallowed down by at least one academic I'm just person. saying that you don't know. I do know. I, like, <laughs> I do know. <laughs> the whole nation knew. Um, but yeah, we got through it. I, I, I think we should probably offer some kind of little update. Uh, I've done almost nothing in the last week to... Uh, I've done less to... than that, so... So Lilt is ahead then. If you've done less than nothing, Lilt is ahead <laughs> of Lilt Zero as it stands. That is true. I'm going to be honest. I'm yeah. going to forget about it for a while. Yeah, even um, though we're doing this weekly. Yeah, but I'm probably realistically going to put absolutely zero effort into it. Lilt Zero? Yeah. Uh, how's the old food shopping going where you are? Like, are you, are you actively like, ordering Lilt or...? or... Um, yeah, I'm not ordering mm. milk at all actually so um, yeah do as i say yeah. not as i do is what you're well also the, the take away this podcast. yeah it's better for me if i don't order lilt if i'm trying to get lilt zero on the go i don't want to be ordering milk do i because oh, you've got to actually get a product that doesn't actually exist anymore back yeah the, the annoying thing is is that you and i are going to blow this um and what we'll do is we'll we will scar lilt in a way that it will never heal i think I tell you what, right? Once we get at least ten subscribers, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to say she she's put a pen up there, and I couldn't help but see just eat. Oh now, yeah. Listeners from the previous episode may realise that how I caught <laughs> who, who frauded me in Lucy Murray's words was because they because they'd ordered from Just Eat. So I don't know if you're like taunting me now. This is kind of like the cough on Millionaire. <laughs> yeah. And now she's coughing. You and Ingram, you deserve to go down for life for what you've done for this country. <laughs> I right, really apologise. Yeah. Let's get back to Lil. What were you going to say? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. You know what? We'll be back next week for episode three and two more lessons you need to learn. See you then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>